morning, everyone. Well, um, I'm going to try the uh, whole system again. <laughs> Seemed to be working okay last night, and um, sometimes uh, I'm happy for what I can see and, and how the machine helps to see. But um, the sermon for today is almost the same name as last week because this is part number two. <laughs> part number two. Um, we had the name for the sermon was The Laws Before Moses, part one and part two. Um, last week I wanted to really zoom in on uh, Genesis and I found out it's so tied with uh, the first few chapters of um, of Exodus that it's almost like the same sermon, okay? <laughs> because there's a lot of things in there where you see God's law coming through. You can tell that that um, uh, the, the whole plan was all together, that they, they knew the laws of God, they knew what was expected of them. Uh, I think last week we were talking about a driver's license manual. Was that Wednesday night? <laughs> but this is one state where you don't get a driver's manual and you're just expected to know the laws, <laughs> okay? Uh, or you can go out and buy one, you know, find a place that sells it. Who knows where that is? But uh, uh, you're still expected to obey the laws, whether you have the booklet or not. And so uh, we were talking about uh, others that are learning the driving skills now, but you have to know that a diamond sign means this. A triangle sign means this. You know, that you even if you can't read it because of the fog or whatever, or the opposite side of the sign, you know what they mean. Well, God gave us signs. He gave us laws. He gave us rules so that we could get along with each other and, and be part of his world and the way he would want things done. So that's why I'm looking back at some of these laws to see that they were good for us. God gave us laws that were good for us. The scripture says that. And those before Moses, we sometimes think, well, we, we hear people try to complain against keeping God's laws, and they'll say uh, the, um, uh, this, this law doesn't need to be kept because it was before Moses or it was before Jesus, or you know, they, they want to make some excuse about what the law is and what strength it has. Um, but the, we know that these laws, if they stood back then, they are still valid today. That's one good way of looking at it. And then you could pick out some of the ones that, that are still valid, and you realize, wow, you're talking about the Ten Commandments still. <laughs> okay, They're, Those laws back there were actually enforced more so in the Ten Commandments. So we get a, a double whammy there, or a double thought on it at least, of God's laws, what, that they are good. Very few that came to an end. Of course, uh, we have to think of the blood sacrifices. That came to an end. And, uh, and some of the connections with it. Some of the things that went with it. And the first thing that people did wrong was the disobedience. It was a sin. Adam and Eve disobeyed God's rule, God's ways. And others did too. We should each of us try to read through the Bible once every year. And the reason for this advice is not to force you to do something that you have to do every day of the year, but rather that it's a, it's a good thing to happen, a good thing to put God's Word in your life and in your heart and mind and in your ways of dealing with other people. If you've got God's standards in you, 
it'll make things much better for you. So that is uh, advice and, and a good thing to do, to know God's will. Uh, and every year is a good goal. And some people say, well, uh, you know, I'm running into trouble. Well, you're just on the two-year plan. And they, they brighten right up. Oh, really? <laughs> there was such a thing? It's all right. <laughs> as, long as, as long as you're progressing, that you're getting there with uh, learning God's ways. Um, so sin was something that people do against God. And then, well, is sin in the Bible? Maybe it's only in the New Testament. I've even heard people say that there was no, no salvation in the Old Testament. Whoa, are they wrong. <laughs> they never read the book. It's probably what happened. <laughs> uh, sin is all over the Bible and you do need redemption from it. You need to get things fixed between you and God. That's redemption. That's salvation. And that's in the Old Testament, almost every book that you want to look at. Um, salvation is in all books of the Bible. Then there was punishment that would be dealt out for sin. And First uh, John 3 and verse 4 says, Who, um, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. You have to think that through some and realize that's a New Testament verse, but it works for the whole Bible. If they transgress against God and against God's will, uh, it's sin. And it is a law. Uh, if you have no rules, then you have no laws. No laws, no rules. No driver's manual. How can you be accused of doing something that's in the manual? Oops, you still do, right? So one day when God comes up and he says, thus and thus you should have been doing, and you didn't, and he's counting it as sin and you're in trouble. Uh, he won't say, I'm sorry, you didn't get a manual. Okay, we'll let you off this time. <laughs> no, there's a lot of verses about that too. If you sin without the law, you'll die without the law. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. If God has something else in favor of some people um, that we don't know about and we don't have an explanation for, We'll just leave it up to Heavenly Father. He'll take care of what, what needs to be done. But as far as we do, we know, and we have no excuse. We need to be living rightly. Uh, before God spoke with his own mouth to individual humans, the law was still there. And he did. Before the Ten Commandments were given, he spoke with his own mouth. And right at the giving of the Ten Commandments, he spoke to them as well. Before going up the mountain, you know, uh, before uh, Moses went up the mountain, and then he had to go a second time. Uh, but God spoke it to the people, and then also he wrote it with his finger in stone twice. One time it sounds like it was only on one side. The second time sounds like it was both sides. Um, interesting reading. Those are good things to look up and see. Was it written on both sides or both panels? A left panel and a right panel. Uh-huh. Good reading. Good to look those things up. So he spoke it to the people orally as well as showing it to him with his fingers uh, writing in stone. Israel still had laws the whole times because when you go back to some of the things that happened in the Old Testament, 
it'll say like this in Genesis 25 and verse 5. Abram obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my laws. Four different ways of wording it, but they're rules of the Heavenly Father. And Abraham did them all. Some people want to tell you, oh, you can't keep it. The people at Jesus' time couldn't keep it neither. Uh, yes, they did. Do you remember Paul saying, I'm such and such and such and blameless? Okay. Yes, they kept the laws. They kept what God required. Uh, there's at least two stories of the book of Exodus uh, that will keep us understanding God's rules. Stories. On two, I didn't, I didn't mean to say two. I had ten written there. A one and a zero. <laughs> uh, there's stories of the Bible. There is at least ten easy stories that are about the same time in the book of Exodus. Genesis and Exodus. Two stories in there. Ten stories, I should say. That are notable stories. And as you would read along, you'd say, well, that's a great part of this other story. So I want to talk a little bit about those today. And those stories give us a reason for reading the Bible. It's, it's exciting. It's something new. It's something interesting. So we read one of the stories and say, oh, isn't that a neat story? That was a good one. Uh, referring to the laws uh, that I pointed out last week, there's legal. Some are legal, and we ought to know them so that we can follow the legal laws of the Bible. Uh, there is laws for uh, uh, different aspects of life, whether you're talking about government, legal government, or dividing of the land, or people with people laws. Uh, there was a lot of laws. Then there's uh, always something to find more. There's at least seven uh, categories in one list I looked at and three more. We'll get into some of those. Sin and disobedience was what some of the main features were in those two that I'm mentioning here. Last week I mentioned some, and I'll touch on just a couple here as well that were, could have fit in, in last week. The sin of Sodom. Oh, so if you know what the city of Sodom and Gomorrah were, uh, what was the sin? Read it and stay away from it. Okay, okay. Those are bad things. Sodom's sin was very grievous, it says in Genesis 18, verse 20. There was a sin of prostitution. There was sin of rape and adultery. There was sin of breaking the Sabbath. Um, I won't speak of that today directly because we've got, we're not into the Ten Commandments yet, right? But I want to talk some about the keeping of God's laws, and the Sabbath is one of them. The, uh, in the Sabbath school lessons that I'm doing, there's one lesson on all of the Ten Commandments in a group. And then there's another one where there's ten sections because of the ten laws that fit into the Ten Commandments. And one is the Sabbath day. Lo and behold, I already got that one ready. Uh, <laughs> everybody should know that. That was from my ministerial council and, and ministerial schooling even back in 50, 50, well, 62 when we were there. But these lessons came from the 50s, some of them that I have, and that they copied for us to study in class. 
of how to keep the Sabbath and how to keep it holy, uh, what things are good to do, what things you should abstain from doing. And uh, we'll see a couple here today. Um, there was a sin of the Hebrew midwives actually being told to cause abortions. They were to kill babies. That was shown to be sin and showed to be wrong. And that's in uh, Exodus chapter 1, verse 17 and 21. I think I'd like to look at those because I did divide some of them up here a bit. But uh, Exodus, turn with me to Exodus. And chapter 1. So we know that we're starting into this time when they're going to come out of Egypt. But Exodus chapter 1. Chapter 1. And I want verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men child children alive. So they knew that this was a wrong thing for the government to tell them to do. The midwives were being told uh, to do this to kill um, kill the young. And they said the um, the midwives feared God. They were midwives to the Hebrew children, uh, women, I should say women. And, uh, but they knew it was wrong to do it. So they feared the Heavenly Father and they would not do that. So it must be something wrong with that uh, action of actual obeying that would be wrong. In verse 21, it says, and it came to pass because the midwives feared God, and it's a real blessing, that he made them houses. So something else was happening because they feared God. God was providing. God was helping them out. Uh, but they did fear God and rather than what man would do unto them. And chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2 and verse 24, God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. If we would uh, be following God's will, looking for God's will, trying to obey the Heavenly Father, and this is before Moses. This is before the laws were written down. Okay. So they feared, and they remembered the covenant, uh, and they asked God about, how's this going? How come we're here and not over there? You know, why is it not good for us here? Uh, something's wrong. And God remembered his covenant and he's going to start doing something about it. He's going to get them out of there. In chapter 3, starting with verse 1, Jethro, his father-in-law, uh, the priest of Midian, was uh, taking care of a flock on the backside of the desert. And uh, he maintained... Uh, a mountain of God, even Horeb. So this is where this area is. They're explaining what it is. And an angel of the Lord, and this is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that God, the Yahweh God, the YHVH God, that's the one that appeared to him in a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he told him 
that he was standing on holy ground because the, bur- the bush was not burning up and he said, I'm going to go over there and take a look at it. When he got over there, God told him, this is holy ground where you're standing. Take your shoes off. This is a story that would be great to read. Holy land, holy things, good behaviors, good laws are showing up just in a little story like this. And we haven't got to the big stuff yet. We haven't got the, the writing of the Ten Commandments on stone. And they had rules. There was laws and, and outstanding things that they must do. And so God t- talked to him um, through the burning bush. And verse 5, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou, uh, thou standest is holy ground. That would be uh, notable. Take notice, this is a rule. Don't stand there, don't walk there, don't be here. There's a rule. There's something that God has stated to us that we need to obey. Uh, I wanted to catch some verses over here on the side. Um, This is from Genesis 42, and there's a bunch of verses, so I'll have to go down uh, on my red marks on my Bible to show you where they are. But Genesis chapter 42, and then we'll go little by little. In verse 11, start with verse 11. One man's son. Oh, yes, see the next words right after it? They were trying to explain when they got to Egypt and they're trying to get the food from Joseph and from the Egyptians. They were trying to say, we didn't do this. We didn't make this problem. We didn't... uh, steal something from you. We are true men. We don't lie. We don't do that. It was nice when I was talking with uh, one of the brethren at the, conf- at the camp, and they said they had to go and talk with the authorities about the plumbing and the piping and the drain and so on. And he said, and we don't lie. Wow, that's good to hear. We be true men. And this same wording is in uh, eight, verses 18 and 19. If you glance over there, uh, what was happening to them in this story uh, is 18 as well. For I fear God. I wouldn't do such and such because I fear God. If ye be true men, in verse 19, again, they're saying we don't, do those things. We don't lie. We're honest. We're straightforward. And there was nothing written down yet, right? There's nothing written in stone. This is one law that we must keep in the New Testament then, right? It's always been a law. It's always been a rule. Okay, then if you go to chapter, or verse 22 and 20, uh, 22, and then I'll go further down. 22 first. Do not sin against the child. They're talking to each other. He said, didn't, Reuben says, don't, don't you remember when this happened? And such and such, and, and we sold our brother. And didn't I tell you, do not sin? Uh-huh. If they had no laws, there's no sin. Right? You can't be accused of something that doesn't exist. Oh, but it did. Because they knew it was sin. They knew this was sin to go against their brother and what they did to him. 
So then uh, we can skip down a little more um, to 31. We be true men, as stated again, and we're not spies. We're telling you the truth. We don't behave like that. And chapter 43, chapter 43 and verse 14. The Almighty God give you mercy before this man. Did mercy exist? It must have. They understood what mercy was. This was before the giving of the laws of Moses. Mercy. They knew about God's mercy. Uh, 31. Did it? No, I did, uh, sorry. 14, I want the next one down. It's 23. It is a ways down. Um, then he said, Peace be to you. Fear not your God. And the God of your father hath given you treasures in this sack, given you treasure in the sack. Uh, I had your money, and uh, he brought Simon out unto them. Uh, it's talking back and forth. It's good to hear the whole story, but um, they knew the peace that God had given you. Don't fear, fear not. Your God did this. Your God had done this plan. God was involved all the way along in their history and in how this story plays out. He said, don't, don't be fearful of what's going to happen to you now because you got caught when really it wasn't so. But, you know, God was in this thing from the beginning because now you have to come back, back and forth and back and forth. You're going to get these people there. You're actually going to end up living over here. But the story, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry, I'm telling the end of the story. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> okay. so this was a good thing that was happening. And um, he says, but your God knew about this and, and uh, the God of your father and so on. Is here. Now let's go to chapter 44. Chapter 44 and verse 2. Uh, about putting the cup and the silver cup in the sack. The youngest, uh, your corn money. Um, and, and he did according to the word of Joseph had spoken. Uh, this was the, the man that was hiding the cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth so that they'd find it right away. In the youngest ones, th this was God's plan, right? This is all planned out. This is all going to happen the way God would like to have it happen. And uh, from there we jump down to verse 4 in the last part. But follow after the men, and when thou overtake them, say unto them, Wherefore have you rewarded evil for good? Oh, they knew what evil was, and they knew what good was. That's what it says. Why are you rewarding evil for good? All in this little story about a couple that got stuck in the guy's sack. But it's telling us, about evil and good. And he said, why, why did you do this to us? Well, it wasn't him. This was all planned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> we'll just keep going here, spec more. Um, so verse 5 and verse 7 um, and verse 8. Uh, so the last part of verse uh, 5 has even, have done evil. They knew what evil was, so you couldn't use that word if they didn't understand what you're talking about. They knew what it was. In verse 8, the money was found. 
how then should we steal out of thy Lord's house with silver and gold? He's, it's a question. He said, I, I wouldn't do this. I'm, not, I'm honest. And, and the sack was here. How did, it that I, how did I manage to make it out the door with nobody noticing that I had this with me? Or uh, how did I get it from where it was standing into my sack? You know, all of these things are here. These, stealing is wrong. That's what I get from that. We steal out. They knew what stealing was, or you can't use that word. They were stealers, stealing. Now, chapter uh, 45, and I want to see verse 7 and 8. God sent me before you. Uh, Joseph is explaining to, to his brethren to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Save your lives. God did it. God sent me. Verse 8. So now it is not you that uh, sent me thither, but God. You took me, you put me down in that dry gulch, and then you took me out of there and you sold me to those guys that went by. And he said, all of this was not you doing naughty to me, God had a plan. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh. Father, he was so high in rank that along with the Pharaoh's ring, he was second in command of that whole nation. Wow. And the Lord of all his house and the ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And, he, uh, and he goes, he's going on to tell the story. This is a great story to read. Then 46, chapter 46, and verse uh, 1, 2, 3, 4. And Israel took his journey uh, with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of the father, uh, his, his father, Isaac. 46. Um, and 2. And God spake unto Israel in a vision in the night, and uh, said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will, take, I will, be, will there make of thee a great nation. This is a prophecy now. I will go down with thee, into Egypt. This is, this is God talking to these men. So you can go down there. I will also assuredly bring you up again. God can do that. He can take you down there and he can bring you back up. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. That means you're, you're going to die down there in Egypt, but you're going to have your son with you at the time. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba and, uh, and the sons of Israel carry Joseph his father and their little ones and their wives and the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry them. There were 70 people in this group that went down into Egypt. And they were preserved. They lived. And you read a little further when they had to take Grandpa back and bury him. And then they could come back and they continued to live there. When they came out, there was a million men a million, probably two million minimum of people that came out of Egypt. 
Wow. This, when, when I was going through this and reading, I couldn't stop. I'm sorry, I only put a verse here and there, and, and then it's hard to tie the knots together, you know, dot to dot. What I'm encouraging you to do is read this good story. This is an amazing story of how God preserved life and how this happened to be and how righteousness was there and good behavior and no sinning, no lying, no stealing. No, you know, he's telling a good story that those things are, are valid laws of God. And we can get a real good story from it and examples. Isn't that great how God does this? And this is before he wrote in the Ten Commandments. All of these things were known. These behaviors, these mannerisms were all known before that time. So, okay, I need to jump ahead a little bit here. In the, uh, in the book about God's rules, in Exodus, you might say, there's lots of rules there. And uh, as you get deeper into the book, past... 18, 19, 20, chapter, chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. But it goes on and there's way more rules about how you live with your neighbor man next to you. What happens if this happens? And what happens if his animal stomps you or gouges you with his horn? And uh, you, know, you can relate these stories to what if he borrowed the neighbor's lawnmower and you say, well, I'll pay rent for it. That is different than if you borrow it. And if it breaks, who fixes it? It's, it's actually here in, in these, these chapters. You can relate these to borrowing a lawnmower. Borrowing somebody's equipment and it breaks, you fix it. If you bought it for hire, you don't because it came for the hire. They're, they're right here. These are still valid laws. These are good laws to live by. God said he gave them good laws that they could live by them. So we need to look at these and, and, and think on these from time to time. Read through the Bible and, and see these rules. What all was going on there. And then uh, those 10 uh, stories that I, told, that I had there. Here's some of them here. Baby Moses story in chapter 2 in Exodus. And uh, the burning bush I mentioned. Uh, Moses' uh, uh, causes. No, I, eyesight and little letters, not causes, excuses. <laughs> do you remember he said, I can't do that. I, I'm sorry, I, I just can't handle that one. And, and uh, God says, you're going to have to. And he said, no, no give me uh, Aaron. He's a spokesman. And, uh, where is that felt? The excuses, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Chapter 3, 11 to chapter 4, 17. Uh, Let my people go is one of the main statements <laughs> in the, the beginning chapters of Exodus. And uh, then um, I, I wrote myself a note, how great is God? Wow, all these things going on. God's able to handle them all and do them all. The death of the firstborn, chapter 12. The crossing of the Red Sea, chapter 14. The manna that came down from heaven in chapter 16. The mountain on fire. Wow, that's a good story to read. It's exciting. Chapter 19. The golden calf. Chapter 32 to 34. There's so many other good stories like that where you find out uh, how God dealt with people and, and what we need to be um, understanding. And 
I guess another miracle that, that really excites me when I'm reading about the, uh, the plagues of Egypt. You know what? Those bugs never even walked across the border to get into the other land right there. And there's, the grains of sand were against each other and there was a draw line and the bugs didn't walk across. <laughs> Sometimes they did. But later, the first few plagues seemed to be more general. But after that, the, the bugs didn't even cross the border. They wouldn't walk. When we used to take apples from Washington State into British Columbia, they wouldn't let us take them in because we might carry a bug across the border. We had to go back and, and they wanted us to throw them in a the garbage bin. And we said, no, these are beautiful apples from this lady just down the road here a couple miles. And they knew her. And uh, I said, maybe some of the people here could, could eat them instead of throwing away food. That's, that's not nice. But there's maybe somebody here at the border crossing. And at first, he, yeah, you know, he knew these good apples and how big they were and how great they were. Then, whoops, wisdom set in. <laughs> this could be a bribe, you know. <laughs> Got to be careful how you word these things. He said, well, some of the officers here have children. He said, <laughs> okay, everything's fine. <laughs> okay. So the people believe that bugs could walk across the border. Well, they do, and they fly across, and they get carried across with wind and all sorts of things. But here it didn't happen. It said they had light in the land of Goshen, but not in Egypt. Oh, yeah. Those are great stories to read and to know that God was coming along with a covenant in this, cha- in this book of the Bible, in Exodus. There's a covenant that he's making with the nation if they will obey him if they'll be his God, if they'll choose the Heavenly Father as their God, and if they'll obey the Heavenly Father, then he makes a covenant with them, and it's going to be good things that he's going to give them and, uh, and direct them and guide them. The people vowed that they would be obedient, but it didn't always work that way. But that was the plan. But God gave them the Ten Commandments and other laws that were good for them so that they would have... Uh, the law sometimes is called the Mosaic Law because somebody wants to make a difference between the laws. Well, the real difference between laws was what you did in the building and how the building was run, the church, the temple, and who was in charge, the Levites were in charge, and who was to kill the animals and who was to sacrifice and how they were burnt and how many... Uh, animal for this sin and animal for that sin or a bird for this sin or a bird for that sin. Um, There's only five animals, two birds, and there is uh, the the goat and the kid, uh, um, beef and a ram. uh, uh, I'm going to get that wrong. Um, The the male uh, animal that was used for sacrifice for beef, uh, that one, a bullock, yeah, there's the word. And, uh, of course, we've got sheep and lamb that was used for sacrifice. Only those five were used. Everything else had a different category of either clean to be edible or unclean and unholy were not to be used, not even to be touched because there's so much disease and so on. They'd get a, an unclean bug, of course, they're everywhere on some of their pottery and it was dangerous for your health and so they would say you need to wash the bowl in running water or it had to be broken because it was dangerous for your health. That's a different category than what's uh, clean for eating or unclean for eating. It's a different category. Some of those things don't matter anymore because they're not 
part of the uh, Levitical law that are binding on us. But some are good wisdom. Okay, don't, don't throw away God's wisdom and God's way of doing things in the past. It'd be pretty shameful if you went ahead and just got rid of things that were known to be of value to you. Okay, so let me go through a couple of verses in, in bringing this to a close. Something else you might want to read about. In uh, Genesis 4 and verse 7, there's a verse that says, If thou doest well, thou shalt not be... Okay, got to say this correctly in correct speed. If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted. In other words, you would be accepted, right? <laughs> That's in Genesis 4 and verse 7. If thou wouldest, doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. You would be accepted. And if thou doest uh, not well, sin lieth at the door. Sin? In the fourth chapter of Genesis, they knew what sin was. Okay. And unto thee shall uh, be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Uh, just part of that ending of that verse. So the part I was getting at and I highlighted was the word sin is there in the fourth chapter of the entire Bible. Yes, everybody knew what sin was and how to, how to identify it. In chapter 18, Genesis chapter 18, verse 20, And the Lord said, Because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. What they were doing, you can read in the scriptures, you can read what they were doing. Wow. And it's called sin. No whitewash. In Genesis chapter 20 and verse 9, Abimelech called Abram and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee? And thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom this great sin. Read the story and find out what the sin was. But we want to stay away from that for sure because it's sin, it's wrong. Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. There's lying done. There's trickery done. And the outcome could have been disastrous for Abimelech and Abraham. And it's called sin. So you need to read that passage there in Genesis 31. Read the story. And in chapter 39, Genesis 39, verse 9, there is none greater in this house than I. You probably figure out who that is. That was Joseph. Neither hath he, the master of the house, the Pharaoh, kept back anything from me save thee, his wife. He, he did not allow that wife to be part of Joseph's territory. And house was Potter's house? Sorry, I can't hear you. Potiphar's. Potiphar's house. Okay. That he couldn't, he um, said he's kept back his wife. Because thou art his wife, uh, how can I do this great wickedness and sin? Read the story there. Go to uh, Genesis 39 and read the first 
nine verses if need be and get the picture going and then read a few verses past to find out what was going on. But this is sin that could have happened. Sin was there early in the Bible and we ought to know um, not to do those things and should understand what sin is so that we can avoid them. Will, thank you. I hope I've given you some reasons for reading the Bible and reading this portion of the scripture and learning to love the word of God. May God bless you. Amen.